Hello. Hello. We're back. We're back. We are indeed. We're back at Grim Castle, Adam, for series two. Or is it season two? I haven't decided. Who knows? Well, I know. Do so you, do you. Is it series? Yeah. If you're American, it's season. If you're not, then if it's you're not. not. Yeah. Or if you're British, it's series. Anyway, enough of this. We don't like starting before the music and the story, but we kind of feel we have to. We just want to say hello. Hello. How are you doing? Hope you've had a good summer. And... We've got some exciting developments in the world of grim reading. Bum, bum, bum. We are launching a Patreon. Yay, exciting. Uh, so please stick around for details of that after the story. Should we get cracking with the story? Let's do it. Hello there, and welcome to Grim Reading, where each episode we read and review a brother's grim tale. My name is Matthew Hughes. And with me on this journey is my co-host, Mr. Adam Field. This week on Grim Reading. The Golden Goose! So make yourself comfortable and prepare for a... Grim Reading! There was a man who had three sons the youngest of whom was called Dumbling. And he was despised, mocked, and put down on every occasion. (laughs) Welcome back to Grim Reading. (laughs) We're back. We're back. And already there's a boy called Dumbling who everybody seems to hate. (laughs) At every occasion he's put down. Every single one. Wow. Poor old Dumbling. It happened that the eldest son wanted to go into the forest to hew wood. And before he went, his mother gave him a beautiful sweet cake and a bottle of wine, so that he might not suffer from hunger or thirst. When he entered the forest, he met a little grey-haired old man, who bade him good day, and said, Do give me a piece of the cake out of your pocket, and let me have a drink of your wine. I'm so hungry and thirsty. But the prudent youth answered, If I give you my cake and wine, I shall have none for myself. Be off with you. And he left the little old man standing, and went on. (laughs) But when he began to hew down a tree... It was not long before he made a full stroke and the axe cut him in the arm so that he had to go home and have it bound up. And this was the little grey man's doing. Wait, hold up. (laughs) Are you following? Have I lost you already? (laughs) He's gone off to cut some wood and the old man has made the axe go into his arm. Yes. It's a magical old man. There you go. So that was the eldest son. Okay. Now, the second son went into the forest and his mother gave him, like the eldest, a cake and a bottle of wine. The little old grey man met him likewise, and asked him for a piece of cake and a drink of wine. But the second son too said, with much reason, What I give you will be taken away from myself. Be off! And he left the little old man standing and went on. His punishment, however, was not delayed. When he had made a few strokes at the tree, he struck himself in the leg so that he had to be carried home. So, two sons have failed. Really bad aim, or, well, it's not, is it? It's the old man. They've hacked themselves up with an axe. Hacked themselves with an axe. Wow. Then Dumbling said, Dumbling, father, do let me go and cut wood. The father answered, Your brothers have hurt themselves by it. Leave it alone. You do not understand anything about it. (laughs) What doesn't he understand? (laughs) That's a bit rude. Yeah. But Dumbling begged so long that at last he said, Just go then. You will get wiser by hurting yourself. I don't know how that works. That's old school parenting. You'll get wiser by hurting yourself. His mother gave him a cake made with water and baked... <laughs> oh, the old water cake. Oh, I just had some water cake lying around. Yeah, just have that. Be off with you. And baked in the cinders. <laughs> and with it, a bottle of sour beer. 
<laughs> Why have they got sour beer? <laughs> That's nasty, isn't it? When he came to the forest, the little old grey man met him likewise, and greeting him said, Give me a piece of your cake and a drink out of your bottle. I'm so hungry and thirsty. Oh, now he doesn't know it's sour beer and water cake. Dumbling answered, I have only cinder cake and sour beer. If that pleases you, we will sit down and eat. So they both sat down, and when Dumbling pulled out his cinder cake, it was a fine sweet cake, and the sour beer had become good wine. So they ate and drank, and after that, the little man said, Since you have a good heart and are willing to divide what you have, I will give you good luck. There stands an old tree. Cut it down, and you will find something at the roots. Then the little man took leave of him. Dumbling went and cut down the tree. And when it fell, there was a goose sitting in the roots with feathers of pure gold. Oh, the golden goose. Mmm, the titular character. Exactly. (laughs) He lifted her up and taking her with him, went to an inn where he thought he would stay the night. Now, the host of the inn had three daughters who saw the goose and were curious to know what wonderful kind of bird it might be and would have liked to have one of its golden feathers. The eldest of the daughters thought, I shall soon find an opportunity of pulling out a feather. And as soon as Dumbling had gone out, she seized the goose by the wing, but her finger and hand remained sticking fast to it. Uh-huh. The second daughter soon came afterwards, thinking only of how she might get a feather for herself. But she had scarcely touched her sister than she was held fast. Oh no, to her sister. Yeah. At last, the third daughter also came with the same intent. And the others screamed out, keep away, for goodness sake, keep away. Yeah, they've learned the lesson. But she did not understand why she was to keep away. Oh, the others are there, she thought. Fair enough. I may as well be there too. And she ran to them. But as soon as she had touched her sister, she remained sticking fast to her. So they had to spend the night with the goose. (laughs) Okay, that's weird. (laughs) The next morning, Dumbling took the goose under his arm and set out. He didn't trouble himself about the three girls who were hanging on to it. (laughs) Of course he didn't. (laughs) They were obliged to run after him continually. Now left, now right, just as he was inclined to go. (laughs) Off they're, we go. They're like, excuse, excuse me, sir. Excuse me. Can you hear us? <laughs> <laughs> A chain of three women attached to his goose. In the middle of the fields, they met the parson. And when he saw the procession, he said, For shame, you good-for-nothing girls. Why are you running across the fields after this young man? Is that seemly? At the same time, he seized the youngest of the girls by the hand in order to pull her away. But as soon as he touched her, he likewise stuck fast and was obliged himself to run behind it. Before long, the sexton came by and saw his master, the parson, running behind the three girls. He was astonished at this. It's not what you want to see from a priest. And he called out, Ho, your reverence, where do you go so quickly? Do not forget that we have a christening today. And running after him, he took him by the sleeve and he was also held fast. Oh no. While the five were trotting one behind the other, two labourers came with their hoes from the fields. The parson called out to them and begged that they would set him and the sexton free, but they had scarcely touched the sexton when they were held fast. And now there were seven of them running behind Dumbling and the goose. And he just carries on. Soon afterwards, he came to a city where a king ruled who had a daughter who was so serious that no one could make her laugh. Oh no! The king had put forth a decree that whoever should be able to make his daughter laugh should marry her. When Dumbling heard this, he went with his goose and all her train before the king's daughter. And as soon as she saw the seven people running on and on, one behind the other, she began to laugh quite loudly and as if she would never leave off. Upon this, Dumbling asked to have her for his wife and the wedding was celebrated. Okay. After the king's death, Dumbling inherited the kingdom 
and lived for a long time contentedly with his wife, the end. questions i'm sure you do first of all welcome back to the welcome castle back. yes we're back we've had a lovely summer break hope you guys have too we've been very busy as well working hard we have indeed behind the scenes and we do have a patreon now we do indeed but there'll be more info on this towards the end of the podcast episode so stay tuned for that info right golden goose Yes, Golden Goose. Interesting one to come back to. Yeah, I mean, it's a famous one. I think so. I, I'd heard of it, and I was aware of the people sticking to it in a chain. That was the th- image I had in my head. I've read that, yeah, in particular, illustrators have had a lot of fun with this. So there's loads of, uh, of course. cartoonish imagery of yeah. this ch- train. Yeah. The story in question, I wasn't so familiar with. And if I'm brutally honest, I thought it was going to be about a goose that laid a golden egg. Which is a different story. It is. I know that now. (laughs) But for me, Adam, the most pressing question is... I've got two pressing questions for you. One, what happens next? Are they stuck for life to the goose? This, Yeah, so again, I've got so many questions, that's one of mine. Okay. Nothing is said of how they get free of the goose. So he gets married. Yeah. And he's just got this golden goose with three sisters, a parson, a sexton... (laughs) And two labourers. Get stuck to a goose. Yeah. Walk into a bar. And now, are, yeah, are they stuck for life or does he... I mean, what a horrendous the... way to live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't do much, could you? I mean, none of them could do their jobs. So they're stuck for life. Is that what we've decided? I think so. So it's actually a really tragic story. It's awful. Hmm. My second most pressing question. Go for it. Is that funny? <laughs> Again, another question. You've never laughed at anything in your whole life. It's the first thing you ever laugh at, the sight of seven people running along behind a goose. I mean, really? Really, that's the first thing you laugh at? You know, I'm, I'm glad you agree. Cause <laughs> yeah. It was only a, a while into um, looking into this story that I, it suddenly struck me. I thought, it's not actually very funny. It's not funny. <laughs> Stop. What's funny about that? It's funny as in, that was weird kind of funny yeah you'd be like did that really happen yeah but what is it some sort of slapstick routine or something presumably they're not happy about it either no so they're probably just angry maybe screaming crying possibly it's just ugly yeah i mean some some girl's got a parson like <laughs> attached to her so what i thought is so i was thinking you know who would be telling these stories how would they be received at the time you know when they were recorded at least yeah and i thought from a male perspective you could say dumbling is controlling the forces that might scare a young man so what if you got stuck to the goose you've got young women scary 
You've, you've then got the parson and the sexton, so they represent religion. the church. Yeah, religion. scary. Then you've got labourers who represent the sort of horrible world of work and toil. That, What's you know, coming your way in adult life. Exactly. Yeah. So he's sort of completely undermined these three forces that maybe a young boy might sort of trouble his mind. Work, if, religion, women. Exactly. Maybe what would be funny in that story particularly is the, the priest, because I would imagine you might not be so inclined to make jokes about religious figures. And this could be a little bit on the edge. Oh, kind of subversive, yeah. You're kind of laughing at the priest. Yeah, haha, <laughs> he's stuck to some young women. I thought maybe that, that, that could be funny. That could make uh, you laugh if you heard I this guess, yeah. around the fire yeah. in the 1800s. Yeah. What do you think about the train, the goose train? I don't know why when the first sister went to grab a feather for herself and got yeah. stuck, the second one didn't equally go for a feather. She went for the sister instead of a feather. I guess she was just tapping her, being like, what you got there? What you oh. got there? <laughs> I just love the idea of the first sister touching the goose. And yeah. then imagine that. You pull your hand away and the goose comes with you and you're just like shaking, shaking your up. hand and the goose is just <laughs> flapping around. Yeah. I also, do. Oh, go on. I was just going to say, have you ever met a goose? So, interestingly, I've had this discussion with a few people recently. Have you? <laughs> <laughs> Weirdly enough, yes. Okay. Most people are terrified of geese I'm... because they're violent. And I've got in my head that I'm not so scared of geese. I'm scared of swans. But mm. it does seem that geese are quite terrifying. I assume that's what you're about to say. Yeah, I was going to say I put myself in that camp. Yeah. I'm, I'm scared of uh, geese. They've got teeth. What? They've got teeth. Geese have teeth? Yeah, it's not nice. They got like weird little teeth things on their what, inside be- their bill. Yeah, if you like, if they open up their mouth, you see this like little teeth on their bill. Oh, one oh, awful. I had a goose come at me once. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think it was protecting its young. Not that I was harming it. Did you young. get between it and its young? I wasn't harming the young. Uh, I don't remember. I just tried to go through a gate. I was a kid, and the goose was not having any of it. Oh, no. So that's what I was going to say. So if you are the first sister stuck to the goose, yeah. if that goose goes at you, there's yeah. nothing you can but do. I guess it depends how big the goose is, because yeah. if it's small enough, you can just hold it at arm's length, it can never reach you. Yeah. Also, golden goose, is it made of gold, or are, is it a golden colour? Or has it just got gold feathers, and it's just yeah. a regular goose underneath? We're asking a lot of questions we don't know the answer to. I know. (laughs) But we'll just leave those hanging. Any other questions? Any other questions? So, is Dumbling really dumb? I mean, first of all, Dumbling, Thumbling. Like, relation? Not really. No. No, not related at all. One's like a thumb, one is dumb. Well, we've met Dumbling before, haven't we? I thought I'd heard that name. You've heard, you've met him before at a party once. (laughs) (laughs) I've met Dumbling before, right. Where did I hear Dumbling before? You heard Dumbling in The Queen Bee, where I believe we called him Simpleton. (laughs) Simpleton. So at the time, I didn't realise that there are three Dumbling stories in The Brothers Grimm. Okay. One of which is called The Queen Bee, which we've read. Yep. Uh, The final one is called The Golden Goose, or Die Golden Gans. Golden guns, uh. And the middle one, which we haven't read, is called The Three Feathers. Oh, okay. Might also be goose-related. So there are three... So we've stumbled upon a, another little series of stories. Stumbling. <laughs> so, there's, so there's one left called The Three Feathers. Oh, I and can't wait for that. You're basically right. In these stories, Dumbling comes off the best. He comes... Wins, yeah. This actually might give us a little bit of a, another understanding of what the Grimms are doing or what their aims are in these stories because Mm -hmm. 
you're right, it doesn't really compute. Why? How can you call a character stupid, stupidling, little stupid, and yeah. then he's not stupid and he does really well in the story? Yeah. One way of looking at it is you could say the Brothers Grimm are espousing their perfect type of citizen. Right. Their perfect type of German. Okay. This is at a time where Germany wasn't yet a country, but the idea of German unification was gaining ground. Mm. And these stories are their attempt at saying, look, we are one people, we have one sort of spirit. These are the German stories. Okay. The older brothers are, you know, they're they're smart, but they're 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 mean. And right. They- I was going to make this observation. That's common to the Queen Bee and this story. You've got yes, the smart but unkind older brothers, and then mm-hmm. you've got the dumb but kind mm-hmm. younger brother, the dumbling, and it's the kindness that gives them fortune, lets them win the day. Exactly. So, I mean, you you know, you could look at these stories and just say, ah, that, you know, that's a very simple message. You mm. know, being clever isn't as good as being a good, kind person. But actually, if you take that to another level, that message is coming from this intellectual movement. So the Brothers mm. Grimm, not only are they saying it's good to be kind, this is a fundamental value of what a good German citizen should be like. Okay. What's also really interesting about this story is uh, when you go into the forest... Uh-huh. That's where the magic happens. It is. That's true. <laughs> so if you think Three Little Men in the Woods, How Six Men Got On in the World, The White Snake, The Singing Bone, Hansel and Gretel, The Knapsack, The Hat and the Horn, The Robber Bridegroom, you go into the woods. And this is where the magic happens. <laughs> the magic happens, baby. <laughs> and then that's where you meet the strange little man. Yes. That's where you pick up a, a wishing cloth. And then you go and, you know, marry a princess. That is interesting. Yeah, I'd not made that connection. Because the forest is almost like a character. You know, when you think of fairy tale, you think forest. It is. You? Yeah, I think either magical things happen there or like dark, scary things. Yeah, like uh, the robber bridegroom. That's, I was thinking that exact one. And Hansel and Gretel as well. Hansel and Gretel, the riddle. But no matter if it's evil or good, it, you come out a different person. Okay, so it's a transformational. And in this story, the clever, unkind brothers are found wanting and Dumbling, he's got what it takes. Not so dumb after all. I'm thinking about that making this princess laugh. I'm thinking about all the people before that have tried to make her laugh. (laughs) What have they done? Like little stand-up routines, (laughs) observational humour, satire. But You know when you're riding your horse, right? (laughs) She's just not impressed. What's that all about? (laughs) Because I like that as a challenge. Mm. It's better than all the other challenges that we've had of, oh, you've got to pick up this millet seed or... Whatever. Or yeah. what other ones? Pick, find a ring in the sea. Yes. Answer the riddle. That's right, yeah. Yeah, there's loads of them. Well, recently I've been brushing up on some Norwegian folk tales. Hey. And I came across a similar tale. The story, Taper Tom, who made the princess laugh, was collected by the Norwegian brothers, Grimm, uh, two guys called Abjornsen and Mo. Yeah, remember come, those? We've come across before, particularly in our Christmas episode. Yeah. One of the stories is basically the same as this. And you said, what did the other people try and do? Well, in the Norwegian version, 
the two brothers, the two older clever brothers, try and make the princess laugh. The first brother marches up and down like he used to do when he was in the army, but he, he got the drill wrong. So he kept oh. doing funny little things. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Like going out of step. Oh, that but, is a good but, one. Uh, I love that. She didn't laugh. No. And then the second brother, uh, he's got one leg shorter than the other. So he, uh, one minute, he, he, starts giving a, he starts giving a sermon like he's a priest. And then one minute he's really small, one minute he's really big. And the king's like loving it. He's laughing and crying. And the princess is like, no. How much laughing. shorter is one leg than the other? Quite considerably. <laughs> So, there's a Norwegian version of this wow, story. Wow, that's great. The Brothers Grimm collected this story from the Hasimpfluk family for their first edition of fairy tales. However, in the first version of this story, it wasn't over quite so fast. Ooh. There was a whole other series of challenges. Oh, <laughs> yes, come on. Would you like to hear them? I would. So, in this one, he makes her laugh, they get married. Originally, King wasn't having any of that. You, sir... Dumbling, a stupid peasant. You're not marrying my daughter that easily. So, the king basically said, I've got a cellar full of wine. Drink all of that wine up, and then you can marry her. Dumbling goes back into the forest, and he meets a guy who's so thirsty, nothing will quench it. And he's like, I drank a barrel of wine, and it's like a drop on a hot stone. So he says, come with me. I'm going to get you some drink. And then this guy drinks the entire cellar full of wine. Goes to the king. Let me marry your daughter. No, 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 not that easily. He says, eat a mountain of bread and then you can marry my daughter. Goes into the forest, finds a guy who's so hungry that nothing will sate it. Come with me. This bloke eats an entire mountain of bread. (laughs) King goes, no, no, no. You still can't marry her. Finally, the last thing you have to do is get me a ship that can go on land and water. (gasps) Dumbling goes back into the forest. He finds a ship. <laughs> he basically gets a ship. <laughs> he basically gets a basically, ship. Basically, <laughs> listen, mate. Well, the twist is, the little grey old man was the thirsty guy and the hungry guy. And then he helps Dumbling get a ship that can go on both land and water. And finally, the king said, marry her then. Marry her then, and he's off on his magical ship. Exactly. <laughs> Loving life. A few more challenges there. But it was removed. I'm not quite sure why. We've no idea why, but it's gone. Oh, that's a shame, because I quite like that. Now, final. I've got one final thing for you, Adam, Go to talk it. about. I don't know about you, but perhaps the first thing that springs to mind for most people when one thinks Golden Goose is the highly successful Venetian trainer company, Golden Goose, who offer a collection of ready-to-wear accessories and footwear, combining a refined and modern style with vintage feeling, all supported by the strong Italian sartorial tradition. Absolutely, that was the first thing I thought of. What are you talking about? There's a Venetian company that make trainers or sneakers, <laughs> and they're called Golden Goose. Interesting. And apparently they're very popular. I'd never heard of I've them I've never before. heard of that. Uh, you might recognise them. They have a distinctive golden star, or just a star, as their symbol. I'm just going to show Adam the shoes. So they look like a bit like Converse. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say, very Converse-like. They, they do all sorts Skate issues. Yeah, they look kind of like Converse. Well, I thought that's an unusual name for a shoe company. It is. I wondered if perhaps they were named after the story, because... Where else? Where else, right? Yeah. So I got in touch with the Golden Goose press or marketing team. (laughs) Of course you did. (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) To find out, and uh, they gave me a very cryptic response. Okay. This is what they said. We've always kept the origin of the name secret... 
and we'd keep continuing to do so. The US has always been a great inspiration for us, winky emoji, and this is clearly reflected in our name. What? Does it, what? The US... That has left me completely stumped. Basically, they said, we can't tell you what where our name comes from. But, but the US has always been a big influence, if you know what I mean. Wink. And we don't know what they mean. I've no idea what golden geese have to do with America. I was hoping you might be able to help me. Does anyone know what that means? Solve this riddle for us. Please help us. Golden geese and America. What has that got to do with anything? great i enjoyed that what are you thinking for a score it's time to score it isn't it i did enjoy it i mean we're back for the first time in a few months so it's just good to hear a story that has to be factored in what so you think that might sort of boost it a little bit maybe Mm. it isn't the best story is it it's a bit kind of not much happens what are you talking about there's a little gray man there's uh two people wounded by an axe there's a there's a goose train (laughs) <laughs> the ghost train is living the station. Yeah, there's not much happens. That's it, really, isn't it? And then a, yeah. a princess with a very strange sense of humour. Hmm. I'm going to give this a six. A six, okay. A solid six. A solid six, okay. So that's that's not high. It's not high in terms of how we rate things, but it is above five. I like Dumbling. You like Dumbling? Yeah. He's a character that appeals to you. Yeah. Well, we got another story with Dumbling to come. I can't wait to see Dumbling again. <laughs> He's so smart. Okay, six. What, yeah. what are you thinking? It's a weird one to start up the new series with, because I felt it's not yeah. the most exciting story. It's true. I thought maybe it would be more exciting than it was. Yeah, sorry about that, everyone. <laughs> Whoops. However, it's also very fairy tale it is. It's got the three brothers. It's got the going into the woods, meeting a little sort of elf man. But it, it's it's definitely not one of the best. I think it could have rescued itself if it was genuinely funny. What the goose yeah. had. What yeah. made the princess laugh. If they got into some hijinks with a sticky golden goose. I think I'll give this a 5.5. Okay. So almost the same as me, just a little bit Indeed. lower. 11 and a half. Well done, Golden Goose. <laughs> well done. Yeah, over the over the ten, <laughs> over the ten mark, the ten way mark. Congrats. Perhaps not the most exciting story. So uh, I believe one of us mentioned at the beginning, Adam, that we've got a Patreon. Someone did mention that actually. Yeah, yeah, we've got a Patreon. We've got a Patreon. Hey. So we've had quite a lot of outgoing expenses since starting the podcast. And this is a chance not only to recoup some of those funds, but also if we get enough pledges from enough patrons, we could possibly start devoting more of our time to making this podcast and giving you more of what you love. That's the dream. It is the dream, isn't it? And mm. obviously every podcast and its dog <laughs> has, a, has a patron, so we're just joining the ranks in that regard. And I'm just well aware that listeners could have probably read every single story by the time we've released about three episodes <laughs> we're doing you're giving you one story every two weeks hope you're not skipping ahead guys yeah so That's we want to we want to speed That's things true. up exactly exactly yeah. so this could go some way to helping uh, us do that so 
if you head over to patreon.com slash grimreading, we've got a range of tiers ranging from $1 a month to $25 a month and a range of rewards depending on how much you choose to pledge. Uh, so some of these include t-shirts, mugs, uh, exclusive access to our new patron-only podcast, exciting, mm. in which I read Matt some Aesop's fables. And um, there's also the ability to choose some of the stories we read on this show by participating in some patron-only polls, mm. which is all very exciting. So if you head over to patreon.com slash grimreading, you'll be able to have a look at that and see if that takes your fancy. Uh, but we just want to say that you guys have been incredibly supportive yeah. and any amount of money you're able to pledge via Patreon uh, would be a huge help to us and the podcast. But of course, the podcast is going to remain free for everyone, just the same as it always has. For Evs. For Evs. I'm particularly excited about the special episodes we're going to be doing. Me too. In these special episodes, Adam is going to read Aesop's Fables. Yeah. Probably release about one special episode a month. It's going to be a bit more chilled out. Yeah, exactly. We might even talk about uh, the Grim Reading stories as well, the Brothers Grimm stories, rather. Yeah. And as mentioned, when you chose the Golden Goose, I mistakenly thought it was about a goose that lays a golden egg. You did. Turns out that's an Aesop fable. What? So how about we kick things off with that? That's a great choice. So if you want to hear about a gold-depositing goose, <laughs> sign up. Sign up and you will have access to that new podcast. Fantastic. We're delighted to be back anyway, in yeah. general. And next week, we're aiming to release the second episode of the series next week. Yes, hopefully, indeed. Hopefully, so you won't have to wait too long. It's going to be The Pack of Ragamuffins. Oh, I can't wait for that. That's <laughs> such a great title. I'm just going to say this right now. If, you know, if you can throw any shade at the Golden Goose and call it dull, possibly, you won't be able to do that with The Pack of Ragamuffins. Excellent. I can't wait. Catch you then. See you then. Keep it grim. Bye. Bye. If you'd like to support the podcast, please head over to patreon.com slash grimreading to find out how, and also see the range of benefits available as a thank you from us. You can, of course, email us at grimreadingpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at grimreadingpod, and we're also on Instagram and Facebook at grimreading. You can find us on Podbean, podbean.com slash grimreading. And we also have a website, grimreading.wordpress.com. Keep it grim. <laughs>